That's pretty much how this. This pretty much Jason, where this Jason, rules. Jason, Jason, you're saying goddamn a lot. Oh. Are you are you allowed to are you allowed to do that? I I can do it's my show, Ted. I can do it. Oh, I fuck! I'm tired of sucking up. I'm tired of sucking up and working for the man, keeping people down because the law book says I can. Cut my brothers and sisters. Oh, it's not the way to be. But honey, those days are gone. Cause Well, hello there, everybody. I'm Jason. With me, as always, is Lara. We're the RDP. Uh, and today, we have one hell of a show. Right, Lara? Oh, we do. I am so excited for today. I've been waiting. Yeah, well, last week's show with Randy Zisk, one of my bosses, uh, was uh, absolutely fantastic. I loved having him on. But today, on the show, I actually have my real boss, Captain Leland Stottlemyre. Please welcome to the show, Mr. Ted Levine. Teddy, how are you, buddy? Thank you, Lieutenant. I appreciate the introduction. Uh, Captain, thank you very much for uh, joining the show. Uh, it is, uh, I have been waiting for this episode. I know the fans have been waiting for this episode. I'm totally jazzed. Um, first off, everybody wants you on this show. So I am so happy that you took the time to come and join us today. Uh, everybody's going to be thrilled when this episode comes out. Hey Jason, this is my pleasure, man. It's great to talk to you. Great to talk about Monk. Yeah. How awesome is that, pal? Uh, after all these years, we're still talking about Monk. Somehow this sucker is still relevant. People are still finding the show on Amazon, all these streaming networks. Uh, and uh, I couldn't be I couldn't be more thrilled because I'm super proud of it. Uh, and I'm proud of every all the work we did. And I'm proud of my cast and everything. And this podcast has brought back so many great memories. So I'm going to start with this. Before we get into Monk, let's just do a quick little... Uh, Ted Levine history. First and foremost, you're a theater dude. You're a theater guy. The Remains Theater. Gary Cole, Billy Peterson. Uh, Gary, consequently, on the television series Monk. Um, Tony, theater background. Biddy, theater background. Um, there's something about that, I think, that translates into the film and television world. I don't know. It's it's more grounded. I don't I don't I don't quite can't quite put my finger on it. I think it's the process of collaboration which is really, really strong in the theater. Yeah um just you're inherently serving the script rather than yourself. And I think that that's kind of what was really strong about Monk is there was that theater mind that came to it, mostly through Tony, through me, through you and Biddy people, you know, there was there was there was, there was just that approach to the work, I think. Yeah, you know different. what? Uh, that's 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 really well said because I do feel that that collaboration and serving the page and serving the kind of the scene is so much more important than kind of like what am I doing in this? What am I doing in here? What am I doing? And that's one thing that worked very very well when we did Monk together is that we were all able to kind of feed off of each other. But more importantly, when one of us kind of fell down, the other three were there. To lift yeah, them up and get them absolutely, back on track. Absolutely. And everybody was sharing ideas with everybody else. And they, oh, oh, wait, what, what if you did this? What if this happened during this deal? It was the scene. It wasn't the self, which is so often what you see in this, in, in you know, in this business we call show. Is that yeah, people are like I, I couldn't, honestly, yeah. I couldn't agree more. So let me continue with this. Before Monk ever came around, Ted, your career is just vast, brother. Um, you know, we're looking at, you know, memoirs of a geisha. We're looking at, 
you know, Georgia, which is one of my favorite movies. This is before you and I even even met and set foot on the set. Uh, you've got, you know, Wild Wild West, Heat. Uh, you've got a great movie directed by Jonathan Demme thrown in there somewhere. You've got, uh, you know, uh, The Assassination of Jesse James. Uh, like, just, just a huge wealth of film and TV thrown in. Crime Story, kind of where you kind of cut your chops early on in your career, which was a, a great, great television series, one of my dad's faves. All right on. Uh, and you've worked with some of the, you know, kind of quintessential directors in the last, you know, I don't know, 50 years, man. Scorsese, Michael Mann, Ridley Scott, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a little bit of Ted Levine history for you. Now, in about 2001, I'm going to assume you get a phone call from your agent or your manager, and they say, hey, man, you want to go in and meet on this job? It's this new television series. It's for USA Network which uh, we all know wasn't quite the network it is now at the time. And uh, they say, it's called Monk. What are you thinking when this call comes through? Well, at first I read the script. I mean, that's the first thing. And the script was good. It was sweet. And I really heard the tone of voice, you know, in the script, which is Andy's. And I thought, uh, this is kind of my peeps. And I was... Uh, at a point in my life where I really, I really wanted to stay home. I had a young son at the time and um, he was, uh, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to take him to his piano lessons and stuff, you know? So here was a, a series deal, which I had like the whole series thing. I kind of avoided. I played with pilots and so forth and they never went, but the idea of being on a television series was a little bit, uh, uh, it wasn't real attractive to me. I like the idea, you know, we all wanted to do feature films back then, you know, television didn't have the the stature that it has now where everybody's doing it, you know, and uh, this thing came along and, and it, it was good. It made me laugh. I laughed out loud. Which yeah. Is and not, now what's interesting, let me just interrupt you. What's interesting because at that time, you know, in your career, uh, you know, Ted Levine and comedy weren't necessarily synonymous Right. So this is an interesting this is an interesting meeting that you're going into. You know what I mean? Because from the standpoint of, let's say, you know, the the the, the mucky mucks, the higher ups. I mean, it's not necessarily kind of a, you know, a, a grand slam home run bringing Ted Levine in for this this part. However, Stottlemyre is the straight man, you know, so it made it made a lot of sense to bring in that, you know, because I was kind of quiet and kind of deep voiced and all of that. And sort of that's, that was my role. And yeah. It was a the, gra role. the gravitas 100, 100%. But I guess more, more to my, more to my point is, is it obviously this is, let's put it this way. Ted, Le Ted Levine is goddamn funny. Captain Stottlemyre <laughs> in the, in the, in the eight seasons of Monk is goddamn funny. That's pretty much how this, this is pretty much Jason, where this role. Jason, Jason, you're saying goddamn a lot. Oh. Are, you, are you allowed to, are you allowed to do that? I, I could do it's my show, Ted. I can do it. Oh, fuck. <laughs> That's right. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, just uh, a quick uh, side note for all of you out there. If you uh, ever caught Ted and I on set between takes, uh, the mouths uh, run freely. I'll just yeah. let you all know. But on yeah. this show, we're going to try and keep it together. Yeah. Okay. Because we have a lady on the show, Ted. Oh, That's well, right. Oh. <laughs> um, any, anyway, anyway, I digress. So you take the meeting. You take the meeting for Monk, and obviously everything works out, uh, you know, in everybody's favor. Uh, and you find yourself up in Vancouver, Canada, on the pilot episode of Monk, 
directed by Dean Pariseau, starring Tony Shalhoub, yourself, an actress named Biddy Schram, and this noob named Jason Gray Stanford, uh, and who who now who now is like playing your sidekick, who's playing you know, and obviously you've got uh, you know uh, Adrian Monk, Sharona Fleming, and as it turns out, you have Captain Stoudemire and his sidekick. Lieutenant Randy Disher, uh, who was actually named Lieutenant Randy Deacon in the pilot, uh, right. oddly enough. So what are you thinking when you show up on set, When once this kind of machine starts to roll, as the pilot is shooting? Are you having any thoughts like, man, this is good, this this is good, I like what's happening here? Or are you kind of thinking to yourself, yeah, another gig, just going to do it? No, I knew it was special. I knew it was good. And going back to the casting, you know, going, oh, gee, isn't that Ted Levine and funny? Looking at it objectively, and this is something that I hope to try uh, try to do, is would I cast myself in that part? And when I looked at Stottlemyre and I saw the context of it, I said, hell yeah, I would. You know, I mean, I looked at it and I go, that's smart. That's smart casting. It's smart writing. And the fact that they were coming to me made me know that it was that it was kind of special. And it was. I got there and met you, Biddy, the you know, Tony. I mean it was it was like I knew it was I knew it was destined for goodness. Yeah. 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 You yeah, I have the same very same sentiment. When I read the script and did all the, you know, as you do to get the job, um, you know, I was well aware of all of your careers prior and I was very excited to come to work with you because it was, you know, I had just come off. I was, I was kind of had a little bit of heat from some other gigs. I was just coming off, but it was really my first television series straight out of the gate. And I was like, oh man, this is, this is a home run for me. This is like all my works with this guy. This is fantastic. I remember that. I remember you bounce. You were like bouncing off the walls. You were so, yeah. <laughs> you were so excited about being there. It was again, it was really cool. Yeah. It really helped to, it helped to energize our stuff because I was able to play the wizened veteran. I mean, I had done crime story. I had done some serious stuff and I felt, I felt really comfortable in that skin in Stottlemyre's skin. And it, it was, it was fun. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I, I remember too, in the pilot, like right away we did a scene in the garage, that was our first scene together, where it was basically the crime scene just before Monk comes in. And I remember that my first kind of, you know, first like good bit of like, gosh, I better show everybody I can do this job was when I kind of had to very, you know, kind of subtly come in and let you know with all this hoopla going around that he's here. Uh-huh. Right, right, right. And just waiting to see how Stoudemire was going to react to, you know, this 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 detective, this former detective who now is riddled with OCD coming into the thing. And I remember playing that scene with you and the timing. Once it was over, I was like, yes, this is going to go well, because just that timing uh, and, you know, it, it's so it's hard to explain. Uh, but the the amount of discipline that that kind of that type of comedy requires is so mm-hmm. precise and you almost don't know like you you can't tell it's not like a sitcom comedy where the punchlines are mapped out for you no, no, you have no. to mine you have to mine it yeah yeah and it, they give you the give you the time i remember the same episode we had the the crime scene the car was down the hill in the woods and Monk wouldn't come down, and he was able to say all of this. But we had to take the time to climb up the rope to get back there and talk to him, and then have to check something, and then climb back down and back and forth. And the the gag was about 
the timing and about taking the time to let the timing settle, you know, and you don't have that much anymore. Everything is quick, fast and, you know. Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, Randy Zisk mentioned this uh, when he was on the uh, show that they made an effort to shoot big uh, with, you know, two people in the same frame, use the oh, master yeah. or the mini Absolutely. master as much yeah. as possible. And more importantly, to let these scenes breathe. And we referenced a great scene that is still one of my favorites between you and I is Mr. Monk meets Dale the Whale, Randy Disher in a fat suit <laughs> in the deep, deep background with yeah. Captain Stottlemyre yeah. trying to right the ship. Right. And that just happened, man. We, we kind of were like, it was kind of just a wink between us. And because I think we both have, we have, we come from that same kind of school of, of Laurel and Hardy and, and all of that, that good physical comedy stuff. And we were both capable of it, but it just kind of, it just, it just happened. And in the moment, and that there's, there's nothing like that. I mean, yeah. that was, that was, and special. that, that, that episode actually yielded, uh, another great moment that would be carried out throughout the, the, the run of the series were, was these kind of tete-a-tetes between Disher and Stottlemyre trying to, you know, either outthink Monk, outsmart Monk, or just to match Monk with their theories of how these crime scenes happened. And the scene I'm speaking of is the reverse liposuction scene <laughs> that we did uh and it was really the first scene of you and i together kind of just playing off each other with a relatively kind of ludicrous subject written very well but i mean it's pretty broad uh and how we tackled that and how we kind of made that grounded and that's a lot you know to do with you because you really let disher run and without kind of that, let's go back and use the word gravitas that you bring to that character. Without that, you know, Disher then kind of, he becomes a buffoon, you know? Mm -hmm. So that was the first time um, we really found that kind of what's their, what is their relationship between one another? It was, you know, the scene was, you know, taking place at like 3 a.m. in the morning. We were racking our brains and, you know, we were both tired, I remember, in the scene. And it just set the tone for all the other wonderful Stottlemyre Disher moments. And I think you said it, it is a little bit of Laurel and Hardy. It's that kind of comedy, that kind of comedy duo, you know, Jerry Lewis and Dean Martin, you know, very much so. I think Stottlemyre initially was conceived as being much more of a of a dick, if I may use the word. He um, wasn't as I tried to find, like with Disher and with Monk to a certain degree, was being sort of paternal and supportive, and there wasn't that sort of sort of effective parenting, which is what I think Stottlemyre did ultimately with you and with uh, Tony, in that uh, he would let you find find things without preaching to you, you know? And that's yeah. a gift, I think, is to not let, and particularly Disher, is to let, not to say, you idiot, that's not, da, da, da. <laughs> that would cheapen both of us. What he would do is just lead you on towards the path to your own revelation as to, oh, that doesn't make any sense, does it? And then move on. It seems to me that we did that more than once. Yeah, and and in and funny, that's something I've got in my notes. I wanted to talk about that because Stottlemyre, through the course of the series, 
did exactly that. He was the father figure, not only to Disher, but as well to Monk. And he was that mm -hmm. voice of reason, that really grounded voice of reason. And one of the uh, scenes that I'll, I'll bring up is the scene with you guys in the kind of hazmat. <laughs> that was so <laughs> the, in, that. in the hazmat white suits. I think it's from the garbage yeah. episode. But yeah. there was a perfect example of Stottlemyre being able to bring Monk into focus, talk him off a cliff, whatever needed to be done to kind of solve the case, but not in a badgering kind of uh, 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 aggressive uh, tone, but in a very much, as you just said, and I think you put it beautifully, in kind of like, you know, leading the horse to water, you know, and just kind of letting them find their own path, but, you know, nudging them in the right direction. Yeah, I think one thing that came to light in my mind about Stottlemyre, first and foremost, he was a good cop. And he will do everything he can to be a to to solve the problem. Monk is the most incredible tool he has to do that to solve the problem. Disher as well, in an odd way, to kind of just kind of keep perspective on stuff. And one of the things the battle I had with the writers, in a way, is that they were constantly trying to make Stottlemyre kind of stupid, bring him down, which would lower the bar for Monk. And I was saying, no, no, that's just dumb. You're, you're, you're falling down. You got to bring Stottlemyre up to be basically above average, in which case Monk can then be like extraordinary, which was, you know, a constant thing that I think that we were doing. Yeah. And I think, you know, as, as many television series start out, uh, you know, always, there's always kind of character growth, especially if you're lucky enough to go as long as we did. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. I think as we started out the first, you know, the pilot for certain, um, and then the first kind of, let's say, finding our legs in the first season, there, there was definitely kind of that, you know, Monk is a genius and the cops are bumbling fools. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, that's where the actor, Ted Levine, comes into play here, knowing that, you know, I can take this great writing that I've got and I can take this character in a slightly different direction with it to make him monks. I mean, they're, they're, they are equals. They were partners, remember, before mm -hmm. all of this, all yeah. of this happened. Yeah. And I think just that progression throughout the years is one of those things that, you know, in retrospect, I go, that's, you know, one of the things that kept the show on the air is that you mentioned it, the writers picked up on it, they incorporated it year after year after year, the character grew and grew and grew, uh, our characters grew and grew and grew. I remember kind of, you know, like, I don't know what season it was, but somewhere there in the first handful where we were like, oh yeah, they're, they're getting it now. They're starting to, they're starting to bring on these Stoudemire Disher moments here. Yeah. It was fun to watch that happen and to watch them. Like I say, it's a collaboration. And there comes a point when, when you work on something for a, a few years, you develop a file cabinet full of choices that you've made as the actor. The writers, you know, wrote it. But you made the choice and you understand viscerally and what, what that choice was and how it will inform other choices. So you're able to, I was able to go into the writer's room. I would hang out after the read-throughs and I would, you know, it was kind of like, what are you doing here? And I'd have to stick in my two cents and say, this doesn't ring true to me, blah, 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 blah. And I'd leave it at that. And it was nice that I was able to do that because I was not a producer. I had no business in there actually, but I did have business in there because he's, Stottlemyre was my guy and I was responsible for him. And so I think in a sense that that, fueled 
the 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 idea. I mean, they let they let us lead a little bit. There was no egos involved in this show. Of course, everybody's ego, but I mean, but they, they, I think everybody made made a conscious effort to look for and find the right choice, you know, in the big in the big picture of the thing. So again, the script was bigger than all of us. Yeah, yeah, and 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 so was you know, and so was every scene. It was what what works best. For the scene, doesn't matter whose idea or who comes up with exactly, the idea. Exactly. Be- best idea wins. Best idea win could come from the grips, could come from makeup and hair, could come from absolutely anywhere. You know what I mean? And yep. best idea wins. Yep, absolutely. And we had that on that show, and that's really rare because people are out there trying to justify their existence in this business. You know, they have to say, "Ah, oh, I see. I cho- I chose the color of that tie in that scene." You know, I mean, I, I literally, I've seen, I've seen this sort of thing happen. In, in shows where somebody is just really trying to justify the reason they're getting a paycheck. Oh yeah. I think that's, yeah. ha- I think that's happened to absolutely everybody. And uh, you know, not to, you know, I mean, it sounds, it sounds cliche obviously. And I'm a lot of shows say this about themselves, but I mean, that's really what, what made monk tick is that the, the foursome, kind of the main foursome. Number one, it was a small cast, which I really appreciated. Now, now looking back, thinking how precious it was that we had just the four of us to play with for most of the time, because you develop those relationships and you can almost, it's it's like shorthand without a question. Um, because so many of the casts on television series nowadays are vast. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, they're 12, 13, 20 deep. And we were, we were so lucky to have such a tight little core group you know and that includes you know dr kroger you know the late stanley camel as well you know that includes you know originally you know benji uh and and the, the lovely emmy clark who played julie later on <laughs> you know and then a couple of our main our main kind of you know go-to's the tim bagley's the harold crenshaw's you know uh and uh it was it was such a blessing because you kind of learned almost, you know, what the other guy was, was what, what he was thinking, wh- which direction he was going to go in and you could just run with it. That's one mm-hmm. of the things that I love most about working with you on the show is that, you know, you just kind of pick up the ball you, and you were like, let's go, let's, let's run with this. And I, you know, and, and it was just such a pleasure to be like, yeah, pass it over here. Can't wait to catch this one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just get, I'm getting memories of that, uh, you know, the precinct set in the hallways and, the coffee machine and the desks. It was wonderful. It was nice too, but with that foursome, I mean, we could walk into that set no matter what director was there. And most directors had a really open mind too. I think they were chosen that way. And again, listening to Randy, I know that, that there was a, there was, you know, the fish stinks from the head. And that show, we had such cool people at the at, in the leadership roles that, that they were able to support and embrace and the people that would come in so that we were, we were able to go in onto that set and the director would say, what do you, you know, what, where would you be? What, you know, we'd be hanging out at dishes desk on this, for, in this case, because we're sort of in this, you know, the, we're going this direction or something. We, we just, you know, throw stuff up and start, start getting it done. And, yeah, uh, no, it, it I agree, was, man. It, it I, was, I agree. Was, and and yeah. you touched on the directors who came in. I think they, Randy mentioned this too. And Andy mentioned this when we had him on the show is that, you know, to get it, to get the tone of Monk it just was, was once again, I feel like something special. And, um, you know, to, because Monk was this show that rode that line between comedy 
and drama. One minute you were gut laughing, and then the mm-hmm. next minute the heartstrings were being tugged. You know, uh, you know, and especially in a lot of Adrian Monk moments. You know, one minute you were laughing at him, and then the next minute you were crying with him because he was missing Trudy or just you know couldn't get back on the force or something like that. Um, you know, and it brings me to um, something that I thought was just terrific between you and Tony throughout the the series is that, you know, although Stottlemyre, you know, uh, near the, as the series went on, we all became a team and we learned to like really rely on each other. Mm-hmm. But Stottlemyre always had this kind of just sheer kind of just honesty and kind of almost like, uh, for lack of a better phrase, like just, you know, love of the game. And I remember the scene where you had to recommend him for reinstatement, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you just couldn't do it. do it. Yeah. Yeah. And that was so much of, you know, what's what, what Stottlemyre brought to that show because had, you know, like, and I, and I, and I, and yes, it's all in the writing, but it's, it's the delivery for, it's the delivery for me because you could see in that scene, um, you know, just how, and how much it broke your heart not to recommend him, which only made the bond between the four of us stronger as you move on throughout the episodes. Because remember, Monk in its essence was, I mean, you could tune into Monk on any given episode and you're right there with these guys. You don't have to watch this series one, two, three, four. You could, it wasn't kind of a, a sequential series. You can tune in anytime and get the gist of an episode. Because it was, you know, you know, the, you know, crime happens. Try solve crime. Monk solves crime. You know, and mm-hmm. just to be able to recognize those great moments in each episode, any given episode, was really, really special. I think, which is one of the reasons why we stuck around so long, and we we're lucky enough to, you know, win a few awards uh, along the way as well. Yeah. What I love about Monk, one of the things, well, you know what's funny and listening to a lot of people will use the word love a lot around this show, about this show. I love this. I love that. I love this. And I think that that's what the show had to offer more than anything was love and respect. And you don't get that in television very often. You get somebody putting a gun to somebody else's head and, and, and say, I'm going to kill you unless this happens or if this, you know what I mean? That, that, that it relies on that kind of reptilian part of the brain, which is not love. And you mentioned the scene about not recommending him. I don't know if you've ever had to take your father's car keys away once he got old. That's kind of what that's about. It's love and responsibility. And in police work, in a big communal sense, that's what police work is about for your community, you know? And that's where the responsibility lies. And I think that, I mean, I do remember that scene about, about not reinstating him, but it was, and the question I think was, do you think he should carry a gun? You know, and I thought, no, if he were to pull a gun, he wouldn't be able to use it and have a good shot of getting himself shot. You know, so it was that, I think, about this show that, that, that made it special. Because wow. yeah. I, no, I play a lot of nasty old white men, you know, I always have, <laughs> you know, who do evil things to people. And to have had the opportunity to play a good white man was a gift. 
Yeah. Hey, listen, I couldn't I couldn't agree with you more. And now um, on 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 that note, uh, speaking of remembering scenes, do you have any great Stottlemyre scene memories or any kind of, uh, you know, favorite scenes, favorite episodes that kind of jump to your head? Obviously, we haven't seen the show in a while. It's been a long time since it's been on the air. But anything that sticks out. Um, wow, let's come back to that. It'll come, um, working with some remarkable actors and, and in that context, in the, in the, in the context where you're not, you know, uh, getting naked and having sex or, you know, pointing guns at each other and that kind of thing in, in, in the subtle kind of, and, you know, that it was, it was great because I think that we were able to, um, just mind the humanity of the characters more than 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 those those cheap thrills that so often happen in television. Yeah. Hey. So uh, I I I agree with you, but uh, you know I I I do have I do have a couple. So I'll, let me start okay. with a couple of great great uh, uh, my favorite episodes. Obviously, and most people know this; they've heard this on the podcast. Are the final two, um, and personally, that's because very very few shows get to kind of start and finish on their own terms. Yeah, right. uh, and Monk and Monk was one of those Monk was one of those shows. But let's let's reverse it a few a few seasons. Mr. Monk and the Captain's Wife. Remember that one? With uh, the lovely lovely Glenn Headley. That's who what played. was coming to mind when you were actually actually when we were talking about this. But go ahead, go ahead. Um, yeah, with uh, you know the lovely late uh, Glenn Headley. Um, and actually speaking of that, before I get into that episode, you were actually uh, Stoudemire was gifted with uh, three beautiful uh, ladies uh, who uh, got to join our, our cast for a while. The wonderful Glenn Headley, obviously Sharon Lawrence and Virginia Madsen, of course, who wound up. Uh, you know, getting married to uh, the old cap uh, at the end of the uh, series, and off off they went uh, together. But that episode, uh, Mr. Monk uh, and the Captain's Wife, was such a great episode because I feel that that was one of the episodes that was really, it was very dramatic mm-hmm. and hilarious at the same time, and was one of those episodes that really sh- kind of showed the strength of the Monk television series as a whole, that we could dance between those two things so kind of effortless effortlessly you know um you know i remember you know you coming into the uh the the hospital and i mean all of a sudden we're we're in a we're in a drama man we're doing a we're do we're doing a we're doing a like a you know drama cop show in that in those in those few scenes and then cut to monk joining us and not being able to you know uh, move or move the IV bottle or whatever whatever he was doing and then all of a sudden it just switches gears um and those are the episodes that i love the most kind of as we went through uh our progression uh you know of season to season and another one was you and me in Mr. Monk goes to the dentist the birth of the Randy Disher project <laughs> when i quit the force Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. I love the scene. I came to your garage, and I'm trying to talk you back into. Uh, yeah. I remember that one. That was pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it, it was great. It was great, and it was just it, you know, it was like a kid just defying his, you know, yeah. his 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 father, you know, yeah. right? And, and knowing full well, knowing full well that dad's right, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but, but just you know, just to, just to spite. Let me. There was a line that happened with the rock concert. Um, when the uh, Jared, my son, takes off and he's at the rock concert and he's got something 
And Stottlemyre's yelling to the kid, and he says, you may not like me, but you know me. It was a beautiful line in that in that whole sort of that whole Stottlemyre father kind of thing because it was it was right on the money. It was really cool. I get I get yeah yeah yeah. Well, there were there were so many moments like that. You know, I talked to Trailer about it that, and as we do this, because you know, one of the things that's different about this podcast, a lot of podcasts out there like just go back and rewatch the show and then talk about episode one and talk about episode two and so yeah. on and so forth. I haven't like, I haven't really gone back and watched any of the shows. I'm just going off my memory and my gut experience and my visceral experience when I have, you know, my guests on because I just love that. I love when it just sparks in my head, these great moments and I can talk about them in the moment as opposed mm-hmm. to kind of being more like, Hey, and, and then, and then in scene two in episode two, I know that's something that just, no, 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 it's head. all kind of, it's all kind of fragmented. And I'm a little concerned that I'm, 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 I'm appearing kind of fragmented. No, we I haven't, no, we're all, we're I, all, I, we're I, all I, fragmented. I we've been, we've been off the air for 170 <laughs> years, man. It's fine. <laughs> um, but, but okay. So the one that comes to mind now too, is I'm jumping all over the place because I'm, so excited about these scenes my favorite possibly favorite captain stoddle meyer scene is mr monk and the panic room the interrogation scene between captain stoddle meyer and our lovely chimpanzee guest star that were, i and I'll, I'll never forget seeing that stage direction where stoddle meyer takes the gun goes back into the thing and the stage direction was Stottlemyre tries to get the monkey to shoot him. It was that just that. So all of that, all of that was like, okay, Andy. It was like a gift. It was like, go ahead, try to get this monkey to shoot you. And it was, it was just. <laughs> I, I just I remember distinctly between those parentheses, Stottlemyre tries to get the monkey to shoot him. Yeah, and and there were yeah. so many, there were so many of those parentheses, uh, yeah. you know, and those words yeah. in between well, those they parentheses. Just, well, they, just gave, they just gave it to us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and now let me let me just let me let me let me tell you why I love this scene is because obviously once again, as with a lot of the great monk scenes, it starts off very very straight, very very simple. That you're going in and you're interrogating this chimpanzee, but what you do is because immediately the room for comedy is right. It's it's right there. It's right in your face. But no, no, no. You don't go down that road. It is straight as an arrow, just like you're interrogating any other perp, any other suspect. And it starts like this. And it's one of these scenes that just escalates. You know, it escalates and it escalates. And it goes into truly the absurd. But, yeah. but... In, with such with such grounding that you go right along with it, and as you're doing this, you're cutting back and forth to, you know, uh, the three of us, uh, Biddy, myself, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Tony, just kind of having a regular conversation until the point where Randy says, "I gave him the wrong gun. I gave him the gun with the bullets in it." <laughs> right. Cut back to obviously you now having brought this scene up between you and this chimpanzee who you're treating basically like a regular human criminal, um, you know, trying to get him to shoot. So now the stakes are high and these are real stakes yet. The comedy is high and this is crazy comedy and we're banging on the window. You're yelling at this monkey, right? <laughs> and it just kind of goes on and it's just one of these wonderful amalgamations. Well, I got to tell you, that was the, there are some comedy cliches. That you know, in the early days of speaking comedy, which is the Laurel and Hardy and that sort of thing, 
make a, make a monkey out of me, will you? And that was basically the concept of the thing. So by the end of Aristotle's got a fez on his head and he's got the symbols going like this, like a, a monkey you'd put a coin in his back. In fact, you know, it was like dishes should run in the room and dropped a big coin yeah. in the back of Stottlemyre <laughs> and fired him up. I mean, that was, you know, it was just, it was so much fun to just to to take something and just, you know, blow it up. I know, and, and I get, it, but it was brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you the one scene that remind that epitomizes the show for me was when Monk was going to be reinstated and he had to take the test, the multiple choice test where he's filling in the dots like this and he's totally got it, he's gonna, he's gonna do this, but he gets in the room and it's like the sun is going down and you totally have the feeling like you've been kept after school, it's in a classroom. And there was this lovely actor who was playing a cop who was supervising the thing, who was simply comfortably sitting in a chair, just enjoying this, this easy job where he was supervising um, this, this test. And Monk is in there and he's just cocky as can be. And he sits down and the sun is setting. It feels like you're kept being, you're after school and you're going to take care of some business. It just, it just had this feeling about it. And he starts to fill in the, the blanks of all these questions that he knows frontwards and backwards. But he starts to color outside the little circle with the pencil. And he goes and says, can I have a new test? And he can't have a new test. So he starts, he just gets obsessed on the first, on the first thing. And to me, it was beautifully conceived and beautifully shot and beautifully performed. To me, it was perfect. And uh, if, there, if there were one scene in that show that I would, I would hold up as, as an example of Monk, it would be that scene. I'm not sure what episode it was there, but it was, it was he was taking the test. Yeah, and I think one of the great things about Monk, too, is that I, I, I truly believe that everybody on Monk, you know, was gifted one or more of those scenes that were just truly, truly special and kind of in themselves just define what that show was. And just in whether it, whether it was a drama moment, a comedy moment, or a mix of both, it was just, it just hit the monk nail on the head, uh, you know, and, you know, now uh, speaking of fun fun, fun things and fun scenes. Um, there's a little fun thing we like to do here on the, uh, Randy Disher podcast. Um, if we can, Lara, I'm going to turn it over to you. Uh, Ted, we like to bring a guest on, uh, a great fan of Monk and, uh, you know, kind of just, uh, chat with them a little bit. Are you cool? Are Dude, you down with that? I'm down with that. Man. Lara, well, can you, uh, can you make you. this happen for us? Oh yeah. I got somebody who's excited. All right. Let's see. Hey, Stephanie, welcome to the Randy Disher podcast. I am Jason Gray Stanford. You are with Ted Levine, uh, who plays Captain Leland Stoudemire, and obviously my lovely co-host, Lara. That is amazing. I said, if it's Ted Levine, I'm going to die. So Don't die, don't die. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, my family, they're like, oh, please let it be Stoudemire, because you two together are just amazing. Disher is my favorite character because he's, you know, your foil or whatever, but I mean, the interactions that you had, I just can't even describe how funny they are, but yet sweet. Like the one of the episodes that comes to mind is the one where Mr. Monk is up all night, where he's looking for Trudy's eyes, and y'all are in the bar, and Disher's got his Captain America pajamas, and oh, that was fun. Yeah, that was a good one too. Yeah. Um, uh, number one, listen. Thank you very much for taking time out of your day to join us here on the show. This is my favorite 
part of doing the uh, RDP uh, is is having on our fans who have uh, supported us uh, through the years and still do to uh, this day. So uh, let me uh, let me out. You're a teacher, are you not? I am. Yes. What do you teach? I teach third grade gifted students. Right. Oh, fantastic. Congratu- congratulations. My, my, uh, my, my sister is also a teacher. So yeah. I have much uh, admiration and respect for that. Professor. Where are you calling Thank from you. Stephanie? Um, I'm in a little city in Southwestern Virginia called Roanoke. Roanoke. Whereas the Northern state, they say Roanoke. Yeah. Uh-huh. We're, we're down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My cousin, yeah. Had, my cousin used to have the most, uh, the busiest McDonald's store in Roanoke back in the seventies. Uh, was it the one across from the civic center? I don't know. I've never been there. But I just oh, okay. Yeah, I he, bet he, it he was. Came, he, came, he came to stay with us in, in Chicago to go to Hamburger University to open up his his his, his McDonald's down in Roanoke, Virginia. Oh, how cool uh, You know, that? Hamburger University sounds like a place <laughs> uh, Lieutenant Disher would go to. Yeah, <laughs> really absolutely. Yeah. Like in Rosemont, Illinois, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I just want to say, Ted, um, if I may call you that. Um, yeah. So I've been trying to, my son is uh, 26 and he will probably be getting married in the next couple of years. His girlfriend, they're serious. I, and I want him to name his first son Leland. But oh, Leland's I'm a great not, name. It is a great name, but I'm not getting cooperation from the girlfriend. So, but well, um, after this, maybe I can talk him into it. Mother-in-law, you're going to have to get used to that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. Uh, yeah, little baby Leland. Yeah. Little baby Leland. Uh, be awesome. So, Steph- Stephanie, let me let me ask you this: um, How did you find Monk? And like, and, like, and how did you come across it? And how did you fall in love with it? Okay, so this is actually a really good story. My oldest, well, one of my sons um, was pretty and still is pretty OCD. And somebody suggested that we start watching it for a little bit of therapy. So we started catching it probably at the very end of Sharona. But of course, we've seen everything a million times. And uh, he just, I mean, our whole family, um, it would come on on Friday nights. We would make chocolate chip cookies and we would call it monk and cookies time. And we Mm -hmm. would just, uh, they were about eight and 10 at the time. If somebody in our family does something like kind of boneheaded, we'll say, Randy. Um, so that's kind of like, so, I mean, it's, it's woven into our family dynamic and my in-laws are also huge fans. They live up in um, Alexandria, Virginia. And when I told them that I was going to be on, they were like fan flipping out. So it's like all in our family. Um, and we just love it. I watch it every Saturday morning from like seven to 10 on the Hallmark channel. I watched it when I was recuperating from a couple of surgeries. It's just, it's my therapy really. And oh, I, I that's, can't yeah, believe, that's wonderful to hear. Yeah. It's really I wonderful to hear because yeah. Ted will agree with me, Steph. Uh, sorry to interrupt. Ted will agree with uh-huh. me. One of the things that we're so proud of uh, about this show, and Ted, you talk about it all the time, is that this was a show that everybody could watch. There was a little something in it for everybody. And this was a, a show that the whole family could get together and have Friday night cookies and watch mm-hmm. Monk. Uh, and and Ted, I want you to just talk about this a little bit because we were talking earlier on the podcast just about how so many shows don't offer you that. Um, and one of the cool things is Monk did. And Ted, I know you bring this up all the time, that that was one of the things that you dug most about being on this show. Yeah. I mean, most shows... They try. They they just tickle that reptile brain. They're not into. They're not into the human thing. You talked about, uh, you know, it, it walks a line between between being funny and being dramatic. Well, that 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 emotion, which is quintessentially human, maybe it exists in dogs. I think it exists in dogs too. But there's a muscle here in the center of the human 
thorax that wiggles when you laugh and it wiggles when you cry. And if you can get to that, you know, in drama, then I think you're doing something that, you know, it sounds it's like a, it's like a baby's laughter. When a baby laughs, you have a hard time not laughing, you know. And and I think that there's it had that it played in those places. It didn't play in the in the in the fear in the fear and and and, right. and, and, and lust places, you know. And and that's that's what made the show special. And um, I I just uh, I love it when people say you were great on that show. I mean that to me that's the best. Or um, I used to watch that show with my mom, my grandma, whatever. Just, that just pleases me to no end, and it makes me feel like. Uh, in some sense, I've been able to use my powers for good, you know. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And, and, you, and you certainly have. Yeah. Hey, so Steph, so Steph, um, sorry, uh, no, I, got, I got a question for you. Now that we're on this topic, do you have a favorite Stottlemyre moment? Do you have any kind of fave Stottlemyre moments or Stottlemyre Disher moments to kind of come to mind? Um, well, recently, and I can't remember what episode, um, where he called the man, Monk the man, but it was, you thought it was you. And oh. so then you asked who you would save um, if you were drowning. And it just kept going back and forth. And Randy would be like, well, what if I was holding an anchor? You know, because, and he's like, why would you be holding an anchor when you're drowning? I mean, just the, just that little, um, you know, play back and forth. Um, I love Mr. Monk in the cabin, although you guys weren't it together, but I loved how Stoudemire and Monk connected. And then that here's what happened thing when y'all were simultaneously doing it with all the bullets flying and the, I mean, it was just crazy. Uh, I've been thinking about, you know, what my favorite episodes are. And my favorite one um, is Mr. Monk gets drunk when he's doing the summation with you two. And he's like, Cappy, Cappy, Cappy. And uh, I mean, I just love that scene. That's probably like one of my tip top favorites, but there's so many Disher. The, oh, when Disher is um, doing his band and Stoudemire comes to apologize. And then the video where he's wiping the tears from his eyes while he sings i mean that's just priceless yeah you know we we just we just brought that up too as one of our favorite moments when captain stoudemire comes to disher's garage to uh you know to kind of you know try and you know get him back on the fourth and disher just you know just like a petulant young child is just will have absolutely none of it it's one of my favorite one of my favorite moments and kind of an evolution for you know disher in a certain way and the end of that episode is also a great scene is when he does come back on the force and stoudemire hands him back his badge and his gun you know which yeah. is a very once again to speak on the kind of being able to walk that line a very touching moment between the two because you know uh, although we had many many kind of kind of outlandish comedy moments between each of us i think we had a lot of really great touching kind of uh very poignant moments as mm -hmm. well and one that comes to mind is uh my i said earlier my two faves are the uh the the finales the the two parter finale is when Disher gets the letter mm -hmm. and Stoudemire reads the letter that Disher's been promoted and he's moving to Summit New Jersey it's one of my just just one of the, just like just a great poignant scene between the two of them where there's no no mucky muck no just a clean crisp uh, clean crisp scene that I really like so and compliments to Ted over there uh, who who you know makes those moments so grounded and so real. Oh, and the Old Holy Night duet is like the best when you take your little ear thing. And you start, I mean, did y'all just laugh at that? I mean, did you, how many takes did, did it take to get? There was, 
I think we sang that song once, Jason. Yeah. Uh, listen, I'm gonna. I'll. 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 I'll, I'll let me start here because I, I've been asked this question before, and this this scene comes up a lot. Uh, you know, with uh, the fans and people who are familiar with the show, um, we were working uh, a very long day that day, and this scene was a party scene. It was at the end of our day, and usually with scenes like this, they want you to kind of fake it. And then they want you to re-record it in the studio mm, and right. then play it back, Ted, uh, right? Uh, and uh, Ted said, no, let's just do it. I'm going to grab the guitar and I'm going to play. And we learned, we definitely had practiced the song mm -hmm. up until Well, then. let me just interject here. Yeah, we, go, go. We go. had our own little music director named Annie Livingston on the set. She was a uh, trailer stand-in. She, her job was to, you know, they, they'd rehearse the scene and so forth, but then to stand in, and he would go and walk through all of Trailer's marks so that they could light things and make everything look pretty and nice. Annie is a wonderful musician and singer, and she coached us through uh, a couple of things. But, but I mean, just aside from that, we would um, uh, we would play and just, you know, we'd, we'd fart around. She'd always bring a guitar to set, and we'd fart around and swap songs and stuff. But Annie really helped with... Uh, with the arrangement of that and and the singing and so forth and then and and the the uh, the harmony arrangement Annie helped yeah she definitely too. yeah she, yeah, she, gave, so me, she kinda, gave me all my stuff yeah, yeah it was sure. like a jam session throughout the week once it was determined this was going to happen we kind of jammed throughout the week so we were pretty well prepared but not too prepared because that was kind of the conceit of the scene so we kind of threw it up there and 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 did it, and it, and it and it fell together, and I think it was was pretty special and real because it, you know it was real, and again there was a lot of there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of heart put into that, and it wasn't mm -hmm. you know oh we're going to dub this in a studio and whatever it was kind it was and it, it worked beautifully to set up our foil actually because she's it sitting there mouthing the words and helping Stottlemyre <laughs> along, and you're like oh this 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 lovely young woman is not she couldn't possibly be her. You know, so it was, it was, it, it worked really well. I thought it was a lot of fun. I love, I love, I'll come across it once in a while online. I'll see that. And I'll watch it just because it's, it's, yeah. a, it's iconic, really. Yeah. And then the Disher, because, you know, he falls in and starts rocking out like he's Bon Jovi, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the old holy night. It's perfect. You know. Yeah. It, it really was. It was a quintessential, quintessential monk moment, uh, you know, so to speak. But, but yeah, we did it. Uh, as Ted said, you know, we kind of just did it. And um, I think that's what makes it special. Um, and it was it was kind of one take. And it it had what I loved about it, remembering it now, is that, you know, Ted kind of started on the guitar. But there were little, like, we had little mistakes in there. And it was real. And it's just so, it, it, it just made everything about that kind of scene real. And also, remember, it was a Christmas episode. And, you know, it was already kind of touching and like yada, yada, yada. But I, I, I loved that scene because of its purity. That's kind of the best thing that I can say. It was just so pure. Uh, and it was just a great moment. And it also set it's a great Stottlemyre Disher. That's exactly who those, who those two guys were, you know, mm -hmm. without without yeah. question. Yeah. And I think the only other one I wanted to ask you about was the one with the three Julies where you had to play Norman Bates, psycho mom. And like, how did you get through that without just losing it? I mean, it was so funny. Oh, I actually, uh, on that episode, uh, I actually remember, uh, Ted, you know, this actor, John Hawks, who is a good friend of mine. 
he was the 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 bad guy in that uh -huh. episode. So it was uh, I already had a rapport with him from working with him uh, before. Uh, so it was a lot easier than one would expect because you know we kind of had a shorthand and we knew what we were going to do. But uh, you know we were often given those kind of crazy scenarios to pull off. Uh, and I remember, you know, you know, playing that scene. But to me, what was funny in that scene was these guys kind of, you know, in the van or wherever they were kind of, you know, just kind of hoping that Disher was going to get through this when he can't, could, he can't remember the code word and he can't, <laughs> like, you know, and so it's, uh, you know, once again, it's kind of a testament first and foremost to the writing, but more importantly to then how it's, how it's executed, you know? Uh, and I thought it was, I thought that was, that scene was executed very, very well because yet again, it was, you know, in one part, me in this room doing completely crazy, you know, over the top bizarre things, but cutting back to Ted and Tony, super, super grounded playing it like two cops, you know, mm -hmm. listening to a, you know, let, wait to catch the, wait to catch the, uh, the bad guy. Yeah. And then Ted gets into Julie's car because his new police squad car is like totally wrecked and he has to get a ride with her <laughs> at the end of the episode. So yeah, those, those are just ones that came to mind because I was brainstorming with my family. Cause I'm like, I know I've got to talk about episodes, so throw them at me, but um, yeah, just, just great TV and still great TV because I mean, people still are watching you. I'm, you know, and I want a reunion. That's the other question is that you and me both. please, please you and me both. anything that little short you guys did during the pandemic was so wonderful so yeah we had a lot of fun getting back together uh and doing that and you know listen as far as the uh reunion uh, front goes we say all the time you know uh, i i think i speak for uh ted myself and you know the rest of the cast that you know i think we'd love to get back together and uh you know uh do it uh one more time whether it be a movie or a maybe a short little limited uh series but uh that stuff's always up to uh the powers that be above our above our pay grades uh right. unfortunately so uh you know fingers crossed you never know um and before i wrap it up with you stuff i asked this question and you've kind of already answered it but i like to ask it because i like to keep score here on the randy disher podcast uh who's your favorite character on the show it is Randy Disher because of just how inane some of the things that he does, you know, I, I just, the, I, yeah, that's, that's the one. That's all I needed you to say because <laughs> now I have three votes. I've been doing the show for a while now and I have very few votes, but now I have three. So I'm very, very happy about that. Ted, uh, I think you're still at zero, pal. See, now <laughs> I, I would say y'all are tied really because Disher can't really exist without Stottlemyre. Oh, but you know i do point, like stephanie <laughs> so i can ted get like you know half a star or something because or let you share um because he, i mean really he should get a, a, a point for this one too thank you very much especially because i was like i literally said a prayer last night i'm like please let the celebrity guest be ted and my <laughs> uh, kids were texting me and they were like oh please let it be stoudemire so they're gonna die when i tell them i mean well we'll all just be dead after this so <laughs> well, you know what? We're we're absolutely thrilled to have you on the show and to share a little bit of part of your day uh, with myself and with Ted and Lara. Uh, thank you so much for being here. Uh, we really, really appreciate it. And thanks for, hey, thanks for supporting us all these years and continuing to do so. I will. And thank you. I want to say a real compliment to Jason, because before this podcast, I would you know comment on some of your Instagram posts and you always reply back to your fans. And that says a whole lot. 
Oh, well, you know what, you know what, in all honesty, uh, what matters most is uh, that, uh, you know, we get to connect when we can uh, to you guys, because uh, without you guys, uh, we don't have a show and nobody loves yep. Monk. That's yep. uh, pretty much the pretty much the bottom line. And uh, as I said before, we're, uh, we're uh, very proud of the show and we're glad you guys love it. Well, thank you so much. And um, I really appreciate you guys having me on. And um, it was wonderful to meet both of you. It's really a dream come true. I would have never thought that I could um, have this opportunity. So thank you all for having me on. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, Stephanie. Thank you so much for joining us on the RDP. Uh, Take care. Have a great rest of the day. All right. You too. Thanks. So there you go, Ted. That's Fan Friday. I love it. It's sweet. Yeah, isn't it cool? Isn't it cool to have? Yeah, yeah, it really is. And Lara, you know that this is my favorite segment of the show. Yeah. Yeah, I love to. I just love to hear you know people's like the real take. We can do actor talk all day long, yeah, right. but it's just great when you get you know just just the fans to you know kind of say why they love Monk and they 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 you know get you charged and they get you excited about right. you know about being on the show. Have you reached out to Betty? Uh, I have. I have it, but we'd love to have her. We'd love to have her on the show I'd without love to without see question. Her. She'd I be fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it would be great. But you know what? Let me let me touch on that uh, now that we're now that we're going in that direction. So listen, we're in about season three here on the on on Monk, and you know we have a cast change. Um, and at that time, we've got some pretty good momentum. Mm-hmm. We've got a pretty good groove going. Mm-hmm. Um, the show's kind of firing on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you know we lose one actress and we gain. Another actress. From your perspective, how was that, you know, for you to kind of go through? It was rough. I, I mean, I really enjoyed working with Betty. You know, but she's a different. She was a different critter. And once kind of making that adjustment to go, which was great to be able to uh, to make a shift in a big way, rather than trying to fit trailer into Biddy's role, which is something we didn't do. You know, it was a different role, and it was it was cool. It was it was it was fine. You know. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. And I, you know, I had trailer on the show too. And, and remember the good thing about this is, is that we always say, is it, Hey, everything worked out in the end, because not only did we have, uh, you know, Sharona Fleming back near the end of the series. Yeah. We, what a wonderful, wonder, what a wonderful way to wrap that up with her and Disher off. They go to New Jersey. Uh, together. I would, you, know? you see, these are things that I would love to follow up and stuff in a, in a, in a, in a you know, in a reboot. It would be yes. so cool to see what ha- what happens with um, with Stottlemyre and Trudy, you know, and um, Sharona and you know, I'd love to meet Sharona and Disher's kid, you know, who would be like eleven <laughs> now or something, right? I mean, it would be yeah. that would be that would be pretty cool. Oh yeah, I mean, there's there's so many directions if it ever you know if it ever goes forward. I mean, this uh, you know, unfortunately, this pandemic that we all had to go through just is uh, ripe for the picking for Adrian Monk, uh, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Um, hey, so we talk about uh, you know Biddy and Trailer and bringing Biddy back near the end of the series, but let's talk about the end of the series. So here we are, the last two parter. We've gone eight seasons uh you know the show is at the time uh kind of at its peak it's at its you know most powerful point the ratings are great the you know all the you know everything's you know the awards are great all that kind of stuff is good but we're wrapping it up how are you feeling when you see these last two episodes come across your desk is it time 
Uh, are you feeling we could go longer? And just your overall sentiment about how the show was wrapped up for Ted Levine and how the show was wrapped up for Captain Stoudemire. I think it was great. I mean, I felt like like a nice closure for, for me as an actor. Uh, it was eight years on the same thing. It was uh, kind of time to do some other things. Um, but it was great. It was great to be able to leave on a high note rather than, you know, it's nice, nice to, to, to leave basically on your own volition as opposed to being shown the door. And I never had the sense that we were being shown the door. It felt like we were leaving on our own terms. And it, but that was pretty cool. I know Tony was done. I think the writers were done. They tried to do other things. Um, and listen, and everybody goes on to other things, but to touch on that too, I mean, there's a part of me that was like, yeah, I'm so happy we're wrapping this up right now because yeah. going out on your own terms and going out on top is much better than jumping the shark, uh, yeah, clearly, and then sure. kind of eking out, eking out another season I of the, uh, with the with the prosthetic seven-fingered man hand yeah. or something, we were starting to jump the shark a little bit. I mean, the, with the prosthetic hand and all of that kind of deal, I started feeling like they were, I don't know. It started feeling a little bit too much Arthur Conan Doyle reaching for something kind, kind of thing, you know. Yeah, and we, and we, I think, and I think, as, as I say, I mean, uh, you know, I think we managed to uh, very, very successfully navigate the end, uh, you know, of that, of that series. Um, you know, and Andy Breckman brought this point up and I'll uh, bring it up again, is that, you know, as much as we'd love to do a reboot uh, and, uh, you know, just revisit all these characters again and maybe where they are now, um, you know, Andy was like, you know, at the same time, you don't want to necessarily disappoint and, you know, mm -hmm. kind of bring it back and not have the same magic, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. You know, yeah. and now, now, however, that being said, uh, how, are you, how, how are you feeling when we did the uh, Mr. Monk in quarantine uh, about a year ago? Uh, I mean, I, I, I say this, and I said this to Randy when we had him on the show. I was like, man, we just kind of picked up where we left off and just, we just worked, we just kept the train rolling. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. Which was very cool. Yeah. Hey, now, Lara, I know you've got a couple of questions for Ted. So I want, before we let him go, I want you to jump in here. Uh, and, uh, you know, please, please go ahead. I've been dominating uh, way too much of the show. No, it's okay. I do want to ask a couple. The one that is coming to mind, too, is something that we've heard a lot from our listeners um, about how interesting it was that at the beginning, you and Disher were both kind of anti-monk. And I wanted to know, you know, everybody's curious about how you saw the evolution of your character because he became so much more protective and, and, you know, sought after Monk's help and respected him so much more. And then as Jason and I always say, you all became like a family, the characters, but at the beginning, it wasn't much like that at all. And no. the listeners really noticed that. From my perspective, um, Stottlemyre, first and foremost, is a good cop and Monk was his most valuable tool in, in, in doing that. So, he would put a lot of his ego on the back burner rather than being victimized by Monk all the time and, you know, and, and, and sort of yelling at it. There was a good dose of that. And that I kind of tried from a performance perspective to put that on the back burner and kind of put that underneath and let that, let that inform a lot of, a lot of uh, what, what was going on with Stottlemyre. It was like a devil and an angel, but he was constantly slapping the devil and saying, and bringing the angel forth and going, what we want to do is to, solve this crime and the best way to solve this crime is to support and empower monk and i think um in, in a big general kind of way that people responded to that because that's just the good way to be and i think that one of the things that, that, that that's appealing about this show is that the characters are all sort of looking for a good way to be 
you know, and, 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 you know, there wasn't a family. It was kind of this weird extended family and we'd get into each other's families just a little bit. But when we did, everybody was kind of looking for the good way to be. And, and uh, uh, I think, I think the, um, to Andy's credit, Andy is a mensch. And I think that, that they responded to that in the writer's room um, and, 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 you know, found those nuances and that color of, of being victimized by somebody else's success or their intelligence or, or, or whatever, but also but to, to find that, that the most important thing is the community that they're, that they're in. And this was our community. And I think that, that, that's, that that's why it changed that direction. Of, you know, the, the drama tells you, oh, you need conflict. You need conflict to make drama. And um, somehow, like Jason said, this was able to walk a line between the com by finding the comedy and the drama at the same time, we were able to avoid that conflict so much more and to, and to find, um, find empathy and compassion in places that you wouldn't normally do that. And I think that's what, uh, why the show changed. I don't know, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And in terms of your relationship with Disher, I have a, a lighter question that I'm curious about. Were there ever any moments where this one, when Jason was portraying Disher and was just so ridiculous and over the top that you had a hard time keeping it together? Do you remember anything? Yeah, I think so. When the, when he had the silver paint and he was sort of in the battle with the with the with the with the, with the statues, there was places there. Um, Dale the whale rolling around on the floor on the fat suit. I just you know I had to jump on that because <laughs> it was just too much too much fun. But no, there wasn't any place that I thought that that was um, that he went overboard. No, I never thought that at all. No, if I if I went overboard, Ted came right there with me. <laughs> Absolutely. Disher was overboard, not no. you. But yeah. I, I mean, it was just so funny that I can't imagine you keeping a straight face through some of You know, oddly enough, yeah. uh, we get asked that question a lot. Um, yeah. You know, and I don't really recall us, like, kind of really losing it. We really felt kind of a an obligation or like a duty to kind of get it right. And to kind of Randy brought up this great thing, Ted, um, you know, he said, you know, Monk would turn into kind of like stadium seating during scenes of Monk where at, at, you know, at video village, you know, mm -hmm. there'd be the directors or producers and, you know, script supervisor, but behind them would be props behind them would be the makeup. And then, you know, whoever, whatever the, you know, one yeah. of the, any of the other crew crew who weren't, you know, costumes who weren't working at that particular moment while we were shooting the scene would all gather around to watch the yeah. scene and see how it went down. And I mean, I always felt an obligation to like to get it right so that we didn't have to like blow it. You know what I mean? Almost like live theaters. Like you got one shot at this, let's get it right because you want it to please everybody so much. You know, and I, I always love that because everybody, you know, really brought their A game. I'll tell you something else that I think that I noticed. I left and did a couple of things during Monk, during hiatus, and um, people were starting to shoot on video everywhere. And this is something we shot on Super 16 film. And when you shoot on film, everybody's got to get their poop in a group. And because that film is running through the camera and it's analog, it's you hear it purring you hear the camera purring which is another thing i've noticed on on, on some of these video shot things like during an, an over and somebody's creeping in on the character you know you're doing the other character's coverage and i'd find myself getting hit in the head with the mat box because when you're shooting on film you hear that camera purring and you can say oh okay so you'll slide your head out of the way and the camera will go by because you're just sort of aware of that thing and i think shooting monk on film i think the film was an, an, an element to it 
because when you're getting ready on film, it's like, okay, everybody settle, quiet, quiet. We're shooting on film. This is important. And on video, it's not so important. And it's yeah. really hard for people to manufacture that kind of that that kind of reverence for the moment when you're not shooting on film. And we had that on Monk, and that 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 the, the just the, the 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 medium we were shooting in it had it had a part, it had a role in that, in in creating in creating that precious moment. Because on you know these kids, everybody's on their phone now, and it's like you know the red lights on, start your acting thing. What? Oh, yeah. I'm supposed to hey, go listen. now, uh, right? No, listen, digi digital, digital, uh, for better or for worse, is much more forgiving. Uh, you know, it you can fix you can fix everything in oh, post nowadays. Yeah. Man. I know. So there's no, there's nothing, there's nothing that's all that. It does not. It loses this. Remember room tone? Yeah. That there was this little moment where it was like, okay, quiet, everybody, quiet. And the sound guy would just roll to get the sound of the room, and everybody would sit there and breathe and try not to fart. And and they would record the room tone, and it was like this. It was like this. This this grace. It was like people were saying grace, and you don't have that anymore. Where there's just this moment that's you know where you're where you're serving the project, and everybody is on board. And everybody's quiet. It's a moment of silence, and you don't have that anymore in in what we do. And yeah. I miss that. And we yeah. have that on. Hey, three three words I miss. Check the gate. Check the gate. <laughs> Hair in the gate. <laughs> three words. Three words before you can go home. Yeah, Check right. the gate. Come Check on, baby. Gate. Be clean. Yeah. Be clean. Yeah. We got to get out Absolutely. of here. And and given to your point of uh, hysterics, I think it was Denise and uh, Bridget and those gals on a Friday night who would you know those are the ones you had to make sure would shut up and stop losing it, getting hysterical, laughing. You know, and, and it was the crew who would who would be who would who would lose it more than anybody. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And every every now every now and again, I know uh, when we shot the summations, which was kind of a lot of heavy lifting for Tony. Yeah. You know, when when it was a late day, you know, uh -huh. Tony was tired. Like once Tony went, I always say, then everybody kind of. Then everybody went. Yeah. Then we went for a bit, and then you know, miraculously, Tony would pull it back together and you know just nail it right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I do I do remember that, which is uh, which was, was great. But it's funny. It's funny that you mentioned that because, uh, you know, nowadays, that's one of the things I miss uh, when I'm working now is kind of that reverence for the process, yeah. uh, you know, and, and the actual craft of kind of filmmaking. Like, I, mm -hmm. I hate to say it and I, people will probably, you know, I'll get a bunch of terrible Instagrams because of it. But I mean, it's like it's easy to do now. It's like it's not pressure. It's like it's like. You can you can bang it out. You shoot it on your iPhone, man. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, you and know they, they just want product. They don't want they don't want substance somehow. You know, and that's not to say you know there are a million wonderful hey, wonderful oh, television yeah, series absolutely. out there, yeah, yeah, and yeah, everybody's yeah. making the great actors still like all that stuff. But there was it, it was a time, and it was a time, and it's a time that I really have a lot of respect for. Uh, you know, doing that and call us luddites, say whatever right. you might. Well, back, but, back before uh, talkies, you know, when we had to do everything. <laughs> Back when, face, Ted, yeah. back when Ted and I were on a little show called Monk. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, choose Put put it in your VCR. <laughs> right. Make sure you don't stretch that tape out too much. That's right. right. Hey, hey, listen, man. It was the time when you had when we shot in Canada for those, uh, you know, for that season. You had to send the dailies uh, back to LA uh, yeah, via right? FedEx. Yeah, yeah, and the the, the, the yeah the camera cat was like. Loading, loading the loading the magazines in the little tent, you know. Yeah. yeah, no, it was it was it was amazing. But but uh, you know, listen. Uh, overall, uh, what a great 
journey that yeah, I got right. to share with you, with Little Tony, brother. with yeah. Trailer, with Biddy, and all the great guest stars, um, the wonderful, wonderful crew that we had, that we kept together for the most of the eight seasons. Our great producers, Andy Breckman, uh, you know, the, the, the execs who supported us at USA and kind of left us alone and let us do our thing. Thank you, my brother for being yeah. on the RDP today. Thank you for taking some time. I miss the hell out of you. I can't wait to see you in person, yeah. and uh, hopefully we get to play again. Yes, sir. Good deal. Great to right, meet get, you, Lord. Yeah. Oh, it was get, so nice. I'm just tickled that I got to meet you. Thanks okay. so much, Ted. Cool. All, right, All right. Go back Go back. Go back to your regular scheduled programming, Ted. Right on. Thanks, man. All right, buddy. I'll take care. That was great. Have him a boss. That's my boss. That was so cool. That yeah. was just so cool. You know, you know what I love about Ted is that, you know, yeah. most people think that he's this gruff cowboy of a guy, you know, and, and, you know, because of the characters, you know, some of the characters he's portrayed uh, over the years, but he is just so thoughtful oh, and so yeah. intuitive and just so gentle. Uh, yes. You know, it's, uh, it, it's, it's amazing. And, you know, it's a testament to him as an actor, you know, yeah. that he gets to play all these different types of characters, but that's the, uh, that's the real fella. Uh, you'll all hear on the uh, Randy Disher podcast. Um, it was great, great memories to share with him. Uh, great insights, uh, you know, about the show from him on his character and everything. Uh, just uh, a fun episode for me all around, as I say. Yes. You know, that was my partner in crime for eight seasons. Right. Uh, you know, and and honestly, what a great way to kind of wrap up this episode of the Randy Disher podcast. Because, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I'm going to take a little summer hiatus now. Uh, as the pandemic uh, eases up around the world, uh, I've got to get out there uh, and uh, get some fresh air, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but we will be back at you very, very soon. Uh, but for now... A little break from the RDP. So we wanted to leave you with a fantastic episode. And there it was. Uh, Ted Levine, ladies and gentlemen. Captain Leland Stottlemyre. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did. Uh, Lara, thank you very much for uh, uh, making everything uh, run very, very smoothly on these first of handful course. of the uh, Randy Disher podcast of the RDP. Uh, and we'll be back at you uh, sooner than later, everybody. Uh, I'm Jason. This is Lara. We're the RDP. Be kind to yourselves. Be kind to animals. And as Randy Disher always says, happiness is a choice. We'll see you later, everybody. The Randy Disher Podcast is a member of the Mouthful Media Podcast Network. That's a mouthful.